Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, thank you, Lord, for your, your presence here this morning. We thank you, Father, that you are a good, good Father. And we thank you for every life that's represented here this morning. Father, I thank you that you would bless them and that you would touch them and that Holy Spirit, you would just tear open our hearts to receive your word. Anoint the lips of your servant, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Would you guys have welcome? Why don't you guys have a seat? Uh, what a privilege to be asked to do this this morning. I don't take it lightly, and I've been preparing for quite a few weeks. And then this week, I felt like God said, "No, don't do that." So do something else. I'm like, "Great, excellent. I'll know your word that little bit better. That's great." Um, it's funny. The theme of this morning seems to be testimony. So, um, one of my most beautiful friends, Nusha, is also going to be sharing this morning, and uh, I know you're going to be touched by her as well. But um, yeah. I love when Jesus couldn't be found. He was It was like, you know, they'd find him in the temple and he's like, well, of course, I'm about my father's business. Why wouldn't you be in church? Like, why wouldn't you want to run to church? Why wouldn't you want to be hiding here and, you know, receiving what he has for us? So during my little 46-year walk across the earth, um, one of the really most powerful scriptures that has really touched me since I was quite small. I came from a Catholic background like Pastor Christian did. My mum became radically saved when I was about nine and then we started going to a Pentecostal church, which was very different. Um, I had my little Holy Communion and all that kind of stuff and then here we are, hallelujah, in church and yelling. It's great. So one of the one of the most amazing scriptures that really has resonated with me is Psalm 139. And it's a long one, so I probably won't read the whole thing. Sorry, Vicky. Vicky has been given so many scriptures. <laughs> I feel like the poor girl has it in her keep. Um, not that she's paid. So from Psalm 139, I'm going to put my glasses on so I can see properly. It says, God, investigate my life. This is the message version, by the way, which I love. Um, Get all the facts firsthand. I'm an open book to you. Even from a distance, you know what I'm thinking. You know when I leave and when I get back, I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say before I start the first sentence. I look behind me and you're there. Then you're up ahead and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. There is too much, too wonderful. This is too much, too wonderful. I can't take it all in. Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit? No. To be out of your sight? No. If I climb to the sky, you're there. If I go underground, you're there. If I flew on morning's wings to the far western horizon, you'd find me in a minute. You'd already be there waiting. Then I said to myself, oh, he even sees me in the dark. At night, I'm immersed in the light. It's a fact. Darkness isn't dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they're all the same to you. And this is the bit I really love. 
And we have a little fresh newbie in the back, which is so cute. Um, oh, yes, you shaped me first inside then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you. Hi, God, you're breathtaking. Body and soul I am marvellously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I sculpted from nothing into something like an open book. You watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. Now, I mean, come on. Like, how amazing is God? I mean, he, every thought you have in your head, he knows. And my, my heart for this morning is to share the faithfulness of God because God has been so faithful to me. And even when I may have gone astray, he, he's just worked it all together for good. So I kind of, I grew up in Melbourne in a very, very dodgy suburb called Clayton North. If anyone's from Victoria and know Clayton North, it's super dodgy, right? It's like, it's one of the dodgy areas. I think there was a gang called the 3168, which was our postcode. No, I know. It's okay. Yeah. I don't know. You would not, you would not really own up to that, but yes, super duper dodgy. Um, I came from a family of readers um, and I was actually reminded recently of a memory that I had um, of I'd written a short story and I'd received a really good mark for it in school and I remember my mum and dad reading through the story amazed that I had written it so well. Um, I, I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back but I just remember that memory of that that love of writing and I loved reading and it was just that was what I was about um, so I always knew I was going to be a journalist. My dad was a journalist and I was on that traje trajectory to be a journalist. Um, and, you know, my mum and my brother and I were regular churchgoers. Once mum got saved, dad was actually an atheist. So he'd be like, Margaret, why? Kids don't have to go to church if they don't want to. And mum would be like a mother hen gathering us up and like, no, nope, we're going to church. We're going to the house of God. Um, and I, ha I actually got baptised when I was 11 and I had a beautiful prophecy over my life that I would walk with the Holy Spirit every day and all my friends would be going crazy <laughs> and I'd just be kind of sailing through because I knew the voice of God and I knew that, you know, that Holy Spirit, he was my helper. Um so that was all good. It was about year 10 and I was a straight-A student. I was on my way to going to uni and my parents lost their home. They went bankrupt. My dad came up with a great idea and wasn't so great. He bet the house on it and it didn't win. Um, they ended up getting separated and my mum's family, so my mum is one of seven, moved us to Sydney from Melbourne so we went from one dodgy suburb in Sydney to now moving to the Central Coast, which is extra dodgy if you know Sydney. <laughs> Sorry if you're from the Central Coast. <laughs> it's kind of dodgy. And we lived in Boston. Yeah, back then it was dodgy. It's not so dodgy. It's probably really expensive now. So. Yeah, there you go. Um, so I ended up going to the Christian school. Um, you know, mum had great hopes for me. I did really badly in school, obviously. I was lonely, there was too much change, it was horrible. I'd literally lose myself in books on the weekend um, and my part-time job to, you know, keep going. 
So I didn't do very well in year 12, unfortunately. I went from straight A to straight, who knows what that was. Um, and I kind of left school going, I actually don't know who I am anymore. I don't know where I'm going. I can't get into uni to do the course that I thought I was going to do because all of that kind of fell apart when I was younger. And I ended up getting a job at a printing company in Lidcombe, which is about a two-hour trip for me from the Central Coast every single day. And I think it was on about 17000 a year, which is like, <laughs> oh, literally cost me to work there. Um, so when I was there, I actually, I loved being there. I was the production manager's assistant and I was on the floor in the factory a lot, running errands and talking to the, printing, the printers, going to, um, you know, dispatch and talking to those guys. And um, it was a great first job. I mean, I wasn't paid very well, but it was really good. Um, there was a girl there when I was working there and she was actually a graphic designer and her name was Nicole and she drove this awesome VW bug with the flower. I don't know. It was a thing back then. And I'm like, she is so cool. What a cool job that you get to be creative and... You know, it was. she was like, wow, I just want to be like Nicole. <laughs> anyway, so at the end of that, so I kind of, like, I was there for about a year, and at the end of that year, I actually had the most insane encounter with God, which totally changed my life. I was, I think I was 18 at the time, um, and I had, I don't know whether some of you might be too young, but there was a move of the Holy Spirit in the 90s. And people were, we would like someone to be talking, and it's probably what's happening in, in Asbury at the moment with that revival. People were under the chair. They were like, you know, and I had this touch of God, which was, I think I was like literally, I couldn't talk. I couldn't stand up. I couldn't do anything for about 45 minutes. And over the years, I kind of, you know, wondered where God was in those moments of losing the house and parents separating and moving into state. And I felt God, I, I had this vision of God's feet and they were massive. And he wiggled his toes in this and he's like, they're real, like I'm real. And I'm like, I actually got a revelation of God's reality. It, it sounds ridiculous, but it was like, for me, that was like, okay, I'm in. What do I do? What, what, tell me what to do now. Wow. So I went home. I opened my Bible and it was suddenly alive. It was like the Holy Spirit had touched me and my phone is beeping. Sorry. Um, so I said to my mum, what do I do? And she said, well, because I'm like, I'm not a preacher. Hello. Um, clearly. Um, you know, what can I do? And she said, well, there's a school of creative arts in Sydney, which is, you know, not too far, run by this guy who I'd never heard of before. So they weren't doing auditions back then, so I put my hand up to do two years of dance, okay, which is where Pastor Melissa and I first met. <laughs> she was one of the teachers of hip-hop at the college. So... Um, anyway, so I did two years of full-time, it was basically full-time barber college with a side of dance, and it was uh, the most incredible two years of my life. I learned so much about God's Word in those two years. It was like life-altering, you know, even when Pastor Christian starts rattling off a scripture, I know the rest of it. It's like those two years were incredible. So I finished my two years and then I'm like, okay, God, I don't feel like I'm a creative artist. 
because they were all completely nuts. Like, I'm not even kidding. They, I think that's why Pastor Melissa and I got along so well because we would just look at each other like, are we, not, are we not normal? Are they the normal ones and we're like not normal? Anyway, they were cuckoo. Um, so I'm like, oh, I can't do that. I can't spend my life doing that. So I actually ended up, I don't know how this, this is God. God is awesome. I ended up getting a full-time position at the School of Creative Arts as the principal's assistant. And it was a position that um, it wasn't advertised. They would recommend. So the girl who worked there at the time, Beck, had spoken to Jeff and said, what about Nicole Pocket? Because that was my main name at the time. Um, and I immediately said yes. I was working for another guy for a little while after college. I worked at the college for three years, which was insane. It was amazing. And I met Matt during that time. Um, so when Matt and I met, we met maybe in the second year of me working there. I worked for three years. And then at the – am I, like, sorry, I've got a timer on. Did I not? Anyway. Um, no, just give me up. Right, you're done now. Okay, so I ended up, um, I ended up working there, meeting Matt, and then at the end of those three years, I felt like my time was done there because I was a married woman now, and the School of Creative Arts really did require you to be there 24/7. Um, and Pastor Jeff, you know, travelled overseas all the time, and I was always on call. Anyway, I got moved to the marketing department. And in the marketing department, I worked under a beautiful woman, Karen Beard, who's passed on now. But um, And I was handling the church newsletter and all the marketing paraphernalia for the church because it was a big church. And in that time, I had to learn a design program, graphic design program, in order to be able to keep up with the job. So I'm like, okay, God, I'm doing, like, graphic design now. That's great. I'm married. I'm doing graphic design at the church. And then as we were there, I found out that one of the um, major Christian magazines was actually going to be closing its doors. So I told Matt, because Matt had a couple of mags, of course, at the time. And we decided to take on this Christian magazine, which was 20 years ago this year. So we took on a live magazine and then we bought Christian Woman. We took over Daystar magazine in uh, New Zealand. We bought the Business Hillsong directory. I don't know how we did the business, like the Hillsong business directory, because we bought it for $100,000, and we did not have $100,000. Um, then we started Art House Press, which um, is basically a Christian um, book publishing company, which is probably my main role now. I'm the art director for that. So what I've seen, I mean, God's so beautiful. He took this kid who loved to read and loved to write and he stuck her. I, I messed up. I, I really did mess up. So I feel like when I was when I was walking through my life and I'd go off the beaten track, it was like Jesus was next to me with a sickle, like, okay, all right, we're rerouting. <laughs> Here we go. We're going to go this way now. All right, you didn't quite get the marks. All right, I'll stick you in a printing company so you understand how the process works. Yeah. I didn't know that at the time. I'm like... Sure, it sounds like a good idea. I just, you know, I was just going, it, it presented itself. It was totally a God thing. Um, so these are the five lessons I've learned really quickly with my walk and journey with the Lord um, to take me from this kid 
to putting me in a printing company, to training me in the Word of God, and to giving us this beautiful business that's all about books. Which, I mean, how good is God? So lesson one, he truly does give you the desires of your heart. In Psalm 37, 4, it says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, God made me me. I can't be Michelle. I can't be Nush. I'm me, and this is how he's made me, and these are the things that tick for me. Um, So... And, you know, he's always working on us and transforming us into his likeness if we let him. Yeah. Um, you've got to let him. You've got to trust him through the process. I don't know where you're all at right now, but whatever those desires are in your heart, trust him. It might seem like you're going off the beaten track because you probably put yourself there, to be quite frank, but he'll always work it together yeah. good. Lesson number two, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Deuteronomy 31.6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. You know, you can trust him. He won't let you down. You just, you have to know his voice. You've got to know his voice to walk with him day by day. You've got to stop and go, Lord, I'm making decisions. Is this the right way to go? Is this not the right way to go? Open doors no man can open and shut doors that no man can shut, and he will. He will do it for you. Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and have been according, called according to his purpose. So trust him with the process. Lesson three, being planted in church has been crucial. My faithfulness of turning up every single week is, is not to outdo God's faithfulness. That is just to be positioned, to hear his voice, to be planted. You cannot bloom. If you're a pot plant Christian and you're picking your pot up and you're going to the next church and you're sitting in that church, you won't flourish. I'm telling you now and I, can, and I look around and everyone is so beautifully planted here. You have to be planted. John 15 Verse 5 to 6, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If any, if anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown in the fire and burned. You know, church isn't a good idea, it's a God idea. Jesus is coming back for his bride and the bride is church. So we have to be found here if we want Jesus to whip us up with him. Um, yeah, and you can't do life alone. I mean, how do we do this crazy life without? Yeah. Yeah. If I don't see, if I don't see Shelly, yeah. and Shelly doesn't say to me, "Nick, you're awesome," I don't know how I get through the week. Like, she's a legend. Yeah. Like she is. Justin and his inappropriate jokes. Where would I be without Justin? I need Justin in my life. Like it's true. And beautiful Ange. I mean, does it? Is there a word that could sum up Angie would be faithfulness? Yeah, you yeah. are the most faithful, beautiful woman on the planet. Okay, uh, lesson number four, know the word of God. There's only six lessons, don't worry. Okay, I know I say this a lot, but the devil knows the word of God. He knows it and he'll use it against you. Yeah. Like he'll, he'll challenge your identity. He'll say you're not good enough. Who do you think you are? What do you think you're doing? You have to know the word of God. You have to know your value. You have to know your value. You are valuable. He knit you together in his mother's womb, in your your mother's womb. Um, Don't know what your mother's womb is. 
Um, the word is prophetic. If you know it and you speak it over your life, yeah. you will create yes. with your yeah. with your words and with, with yeah with your words. Amen. Your tongue has the power of life and death. Yeah. Choose life. Yeah. Speak the word of God. If you know one scripture, speak that scripture yeah, yeah. until it's coming out of your ears and your family are like, okay, enough with the scripture. <laughs> Proverbs 30 verse 5 says, every word of God is flawless. Yeah, it's flawless. Okay. It's God-breathed. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. It's, and the word of God is just as powerful in your mouth as it is in his. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to speak it. You've got to know it. Know, read your Bible. Okay. If you don't know what to pray, oh, sorry, lesson five, stay in prayer. Yeah, yeah. Stay in prayer. The enemy wants you to be quiet. Yeah. He does not want you to stand up and declare scripture over your family. He does not want you to declare scripture over your business. He does not want you in church. If there's, you know, if the surf is pumping and I do, my husband is actually in the surf right now, but it is a competition, um, so he's not here, but He's here all, up, all the other times. Um, but, yeah, you've, you've got to stay in prayer. You've got to know, know his word to declare it and to speak it. Um, if you don't know what to pray, pray Matthew 6, 9 to 13. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, and I'm sure we all know it, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. I think that's actually, is that a Catholic thing, that last bit? It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just rolls. It rolls. Um, and pray in the spirit. If you don't know how to pray in tongues, see Wally. He's a legend. Last week, this honeymoon couple came and he's like, do you, do you speak in tongues? And he's like, oh, no. He's like, let's go right now. <laughs> right, I'll just leave you to it, Ollie. If you don't know how to pray in the Spirit, learn. The Holy Spirit intercedes on your behalf. So learn how to pray in the Spirit. Lesson six, get over yourself. I'm really sorry for saying that, but. You know, we're not saved because of what we do and who we are. We're saved by grace. So just get over yourself. We're one body, many parts. And we all know that scripture in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 14. There is one body but many parts. And all of its parts make up one body, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that was my very fast version. But I just pray that you guys, that, you know, wherever you are in your faith journey, don't discount where you are right now because who knows what God is orchestrating on your behalf as you posture yourself toward him. He's such a good father. He's awesome. We had a baby at 40. I, I didn't think that would be possible. But, but then I, now I'm surrounded by these beautiful young mums. I feel like, no, she's one of my dear friends because she's got a kid the same age and, you know, life just brings you and draws you together. So trust God with the process. And um, I know Nusha's going to blow you away and bless you. But if you ever want prayer, if you ever need some encouragement or prayer or anything, please come and see us. I mean, I've been in church a long time and I adore Jesus and I'm more than happy to pray for you anytime. So thank you so much. I pray you're blessed. And I want to invite my beautiful friend, Nush, who I'm not going to hug because she's Germany. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love you, Nush.
Thanks, Mum and Nick. I just want to love and honour you so much. Nick's been such an inspiration to me, and she's a woman of God. She's one of the only people, you know, when I first entered into my Christian walk um, early on in this church that really just focused on the Word. Every time I had a problem, she just kept bringing me back to the Word, um, and that's pretty much what I'm going to speak to you about today. Um, so resurrection was actually my word from last year, uh, and it didn't make a lot of sense to me until I started writing this message. Um, and I really wasn't sure what it meant until I reflected on the last 10 years. And for those of you that know, I turned 40 on Tuesday, so I'm in good company now, and there's a lot of other 40-year-olds around here. Um, and look, I want to tell you a little bit about the last 10 years. And for those that know me, I'm a really positive, upbeat person, um, but this story is is not going to look like the nushi that you see every day. So um, just brace yourselves a little bit. So I was saved when I was 20, and I sort of cruised in and out of faith and made lots of bad choices um, until I hit my 30s when I completely unraveled. Um, and I got a vision um, when I was putting this message together about this woman, and she was made of ash and she was being blown away and then when I saw her being put back together she was filled with light and armor and strength and that vision didn't make sense to me until I put this message together so I hope you will see the transformation that's happened in me from being that woman of ash to the woman that is of light and of strength um, so it starts with my marriage to my beautiful husband in 2012 and uh, they're actually the two bookends of my story and I just want to honor Eddie you're throughout this story but I'm here to honor God today but he has been pivotal to every single moment that you're going to hear about uh, we started our life in Port Hedland. There used to be someone here from Port Hedland. It's in the sticks in WA. I was a young manager there of colour, um, leading a group of people, and that was really, really hard for me. I attended a church, a C3 church there, and every time I walked through those doors, I felt like a fraud because I was sitting there. I felt called to do more than sit in a chair, but I didn't live up to my calling. Um, and I just felt every time I went there, I just didn't belong. Um, and it was because I wasn't called to do what I needed to do. Um, from there, we moved to Noosa and we bought this massive house. If anyone's been to our house, it's huge. And I totally freaked out when we bought this home. Like cold sweats, anxiety. I saw the pool and I was like, how are we going to pay for this pool? And I just felt horrible um, because at that moment, God gave me, and this is such a state for our home, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And who knows, when you lay a stake in a ground, that is the devil's way of saying, I don't like it. So everybody here, if you can buy land in Noosa, let's do it because we need to take ground here, including getting a church, because the devil does not like it. And that was just one of the barriers that we came across. Um, Eddie then and I decided to have kids. And for those of you that have heard my story before, this wasn't easy for us. Um, 
We mm-hmm. had a couple of miscarriages, and I actually, um, do you know the U uh, the U version Bible app? Yes, yeah, yeah. I actually had highlighted a whole heap of verses during that time, which I hadn't gone back and reflected on until now. Um, and I just want to read you some of them because God was speaking to me this whole time, um, and I and I just think He really touched my heart without knowing it. Some. 71, 20 to 21, I'm not going to read all of it. You have allowed me to suffer as much hardship, but you will restore me to life again and lift me up from the depths of the earth. Lamentations 3, 20 to 23. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. Lamentations 3, 32 to 33. Though he brings grief, he also shows compassion because of the greatness of his unfailing love. For he does not enjoy hurting people or causing them sorrow. How much does that speak to a broken woman's heart that doesn't see what she wants to see in her life? But you know what? I still wasn't shifting. I still, I'm being honest with you, I just kept going, why, God? Like, why aren't you giving me the greatest desire of my heart? And sometimes God answers our questions with the question. And he said to me, Mark 4.40, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Sometimes if we're not shifting our beliefs or we're stuck in our thought patterns, God needs up to ask us questions and refrain or redirect our thinking. And that was a huge turning point for me. And he gave me so many more promises in that time. He told me from Psalms 147.3, he was going to heal my broken heart. In John 14.27, I'm whipping through these now. He said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. He just kept on speaking these promises into my mind. And now for something truly amazing, which if I hadn't written this down in my version Bible app and actually dated it, and I used to call Ariana Ginny when she was in my tummy, and I wrote in this on the 10th of the 10th, 2015, Ginny promise. And I obviously was trying to hold God accountable for this verse that he gave me. In Genesis 18, 14, he said, Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. Now, Ariana was born on the 4th of the 11th, 2016, almost 11 months later, true to God's promise. And I actually didn't know that until I went back through all these verses and just was like, wow. There are a lot of scriptures in there. But when God shows up to a situation, it doesn't matter how dead it seems. He will just keep on talking. And I've got twice as many verses like that that I saved um, until he gets through. And it's kind of like his resurrection. Like he literally was alive um, speaking to Mary and she couldn't see him. He was walking around with his disciples and they couldn't see him. So sometimes you just need to stop to see his glory. Um, from there, we actually had a few more um, scares with Ariana. She um, came back with a blood test which had very high markers for Down syndrome. She had all the, the three markers and if she wasn't going to have Down syndrome, she might have had a heart 
um, condition, but God continued to give me scriptures during that time, which I, I won't go through um, for the benefit of time. And, and look, when she was born, she was perfect. So you've just got to trust him. And all the scriptures he did give me, they would have shown me that, you know, what I was thinking was nothing to fear. Now, when Ariana was born, this was a really hard time for me. Um, by two months, she missed out on seeing my dad. He just passed away. And this was a really hard time for me because um, my dad and I didn't have a good relationship. But for the last two years of his life, when he was really sick, we just started to have a friendship. And then I felt so angry because I felt like just when I got to know him, I lost him. And at that moment, God really spoke to me and said, I'm your father and I'm the father that you need to know and I'm going to replace him and nothing is going to stop me from loving you. And he became that void in my life. And um, I'm sorry. <laughs> He gave me a scripture that said, For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favour lasts a lifetime. Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. And I know you guys have had this scripture too during these times, which is Isaiah 40, 31. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not go faint. And that was such an important time for me to hear those words because I needed a father in heaven. Um, I'm sorry to take this, you know, another path. <laughs> but um, during that time, and I think because of the circumstances in which I had Ariana and losing my dad, not many people know this. And um, I just want to share it with you because God broke me from this. But I suffered from postnatal depression when I had Ariana. And it was really, really hard. Um, there were some days that I felt like um, I wish my I had a physical pain because my mental pain was so strong and it was so hard that I wish I had a broken arm or a broken leg that I could take someone to heal. But I knew that God was there in that moment. He wanted to heal me. Um, and look, I didn't understand at the time because sometimes your hope gets lost between the reveal and the release. Yeah. And glory doesn't look like glory when you see it coming. Sometimes we need to be broken and pulled apart and tested and trialed to see the full glory of God. And that's exactly what he was doing for me. He was saying, let your roots grow deep in me right now and I will lift you up. And he held me and he carried me through that season. And I'm so grateful for him. Uh, then when my other little girl was born, that was a classic story, which I won't go into, put a smile on my face. Um, she, um, I've told you this is really down. <laughs> Speak to me after church, I'm actually a positive person. Um, she was actually born uh, five weeks later and had sepsis, a bacterial sepsis, and we nearly lost her. Um, and that was just horrible. Um, and then had back-to-back -back sort of sicknesses in and out of hospital. But God kept on giving me these scriptures. Deuteronomy 31.6, so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will ne neither fail you nor abandon you. And do you know what? 
the generational curses of um, my family, for those of you that don't know, I grew up Buddhist, continued to haunt me throughout my girls' lives. And as a parent, I had so much to deal with because the closer I got to God, those strongholds and those trials, they were getting stronger. And I had to break these things. And God just kept giving me more and more of his word to get me through them. Exodus 14, 14, the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. James 1, 2 to 3, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. And I remember actually one night being in Ariana's room, and just seeing these vines come down over her, like they were about to strangle her. And I just, I, I wanted to just rip them apart. And I just started praying, actually, the Lord's Prayer, because it was all I knew as a child growing up. I never went to church, but I knew that prayer. And I just saw these vines just be ripped from her bedroom yes. and, and just come off her. Um I know I'm running out of time, <laughs> but I just wanted to share um, a couple more things towards the end of my journey um, that I suffered recently um, from about a year ago from a really bad neck injury um, that was going to cause me not to dance again. I've got very severe um, osteoarthritis in my neck that's uh, compromised the nerves on my left-hand side. Um, and look, the way that I got around this was I didn't go back to see the doctor because they would have said Sur get surgery <laughs> um, and don't dance again, but I refused to listen to that. Then God actually led me to this um, type of traction device which requires me to lay over it every day for 10 minutes. And during that 10 minutes, I actually use it as a time to listen to God's word in his scripture, which I never did before. So I take that as a blessing. My neck is completely healed in Jesus' name. I'm still um, dancing, so that's a complete testimony to him. Um, for those of you that also know, I've uh, suffered from alopecia. Uh, about a year ago, I lost all my hair. I used to have hair down to here, um, and I, I lost all of that. And do you know what? God actually took that as a moment to transform my health from the inside out and I'm so grateful for him because unless that happened, I wouldn't have actually healed um, my body. So in summary, let me summarise all this up. Um, I used to think that when you were born again, like all your past issues and they won't resurface, but what I learned through my story and in this time was I needed to die again to my circumstances and rise up a new woman in Christ yeah. to be resurrected in his image and to see the to see his um, glory. So if you don't get it when you're in it, I think it's because resurrection's a round trip. Didn't the Messiah have to suffer for his full glory to be seen? Yeah. Yeah. And if we come to Jesus full of pride, we can't receive his presence. But if we say, Jesus, I'm an empty vessel, you need to fill me with your presence and power, you'll be transformed. Now, in the interest of time, I, I would have loved to, you know, bring everybody up here and pray, but I just want you to answer these questions. And if you can, if you want prayer at the end of this, I know that Christian and Melissa, Nick and the team, would love to come and pray for you because I know that God built me up to be that woman of strength 
and now I have an armour about me and I have a light and I feel like now when we go through trials, Ed, there's a peace about us and I feel like I'm equipped. Whereas before, I would have fallen apart. I would have been that ash that just couldn't come back together, but now I am strong because of him. So these questions I want you to think about is what do you need resurrection from? What needs to die in your life? Do you need to maybe die again in some of these things? Do you need to be rebuilt on God's word, his truth about who you really are, so you can rise again with strength and an armour that is immovable when trials come your way? This is your turning point to make the round trip to receive your resurrection. And I just want to love and honour God today and thank him for letting me share that with you. For those of you that didn't know, I've been incredibly unwell this week. But like Christian said, when you stand up there, it will just shift and chitchy. You're so right. I, um, I'm in tears, but I don't actually have a headache anymore and my body's not aching for the first time. So thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Jesus, for letting me share my heart with you. And my heart is that everybody will live a transformed life. And so I just want to pray over you guys now as we head off and just say thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you that you know our cares. We can cast our burdens on you, Lord, that you will let no one perish, Lord. We wish to see every single person here risen up to you. And if you don't know the Lord, please accept him into your life. He is the only way. He's the truth. He's the way. He's the light. And we love you, Heavenly Father. I pray that you restore everybody to who you created them to be. May they go, Lord, in peace, knowing that your resurrection power is within each and every one of them. I thank you for your love and your light, and may you guide us in every way. Amen. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.